Dismissing the Kyoto Protocol last year, more than a few eyebrows were raised when the Bush administration unveiled a global warming plan of its own. The Bush plan differs somewhat from the floundering global agreement in that it seeks to make the entire planet into a smoldering fire pit. The Bush global warming plan will begin to superheat the world first by detonating all nuclear weapons in our oceans. Then, through a combination of giant oil fires, torching of forests and third-world dwellings, and a new Homeland Inferno project, the world's average surface temperature should approach 350 degrees by as early as this spring. The new super-hot climate will make outdoor cookouts affordable, accessible, and simple for everyone. Mr. Bush stated that he envisions, quote, a world where every nation has that great backyard barbecue smell, unquote. And while Mr. Bush's ambitious plan has its share of detractors, few can resist the allure of a sizzling Texas barbecue and a hickory smoke-flavored planet. Are you ready for the end of the world? I said, are you ready? Are you ready? <laughs> you are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Wake up! <clears throat> All right, let's try that again. Wake up! And be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are live, kind of, <clears throat> local, definitely, in your face. Always. Faith, in your, I said in your face. In faith. your face. <laughs> oh. In your face. <laughs> okay. That was a Freudian. Um, all right. Our radio show address, if you actually want to listen to our show when we are not talking, um, is archived at yourcommunityspirit.org if you would like to listen to us again or you missed something important or I keep saying or because I like my name. Uh-huh. Occupyeverywhere.blogspot.com Did you notice this? President Obama came out in support of gay marriage. The president originally was against it, then he said his views were evolving before finally announcing yesterday that he believed gay people should be able to marry. Now, did you see the Onion article where it said Obama disagreed with Obama on gay marriage? <laughs> I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, it's just like the, the Onion there. Basically, <laughs> in articles, you know, yeah. he was d- disputing himself in the article. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll have to check that out. They're always yeah. funny like that. Now, um, why should we have to vote on someone else 
whether they get married. <laughs> It'd be funny if it was that way for everybody's marriage. You yeah, know? just like, like hey, like, you want to get married? I don't think you guys are compatible. <laughs> let's the whole have the whole country vote on it. Yeah, let's pass a referendum. You know, <laughs> it's just like so. Um, there's a little uh quote that's flying around the internet. Didn't you know that quotes tend to do that? They do. They fly. Is that how you fly? They flap their little Twitter wings. Twitter wings. Um, here's the quote. If you have to make a law that hurts a number of people just to prove your morals of, or faith, then you have no true morals or faith to prove. Hmm. Wow. I wasn't saying, I wasn't kidding when I said I was getting in your faith. <laughs> I, I didn't realize that I was going to do that. So. Yeah. <laughs> You're psychic. All right, some other, uh, got some other news from Occupy Updates Daily. UC Berkeley has filed a lawsuit against occupiers in an effort to force them off the uh, Gill track. Occupy the farm was barricaded yesterday by police. If you would like to get the full story on anything we talk about, you must uh, sign up for our newsletter to get the links because we got tired of like saying the whole link. Uh, yeah. So it's the like, easier link to say is info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Uh, yeah. Email us and we will add you to the newsletter. So um, Fox News has had something interesting. Just This is not actually on my news feed here, but I just read it this morning. Fox News is now saying that high gas prices are because, well, they've always said high gas prices are because Obama. <laughs> yeah. Now they're saying low gas hmm. prices are because Obama's lowering the gas prices artificially and are working <laughs> on, ruining, they're ruining the economy, so that's lowering gas prices. <laughs> yeah. That's like a little game you play. It's like, I forget the term for it, but it's like, you know, whatever the person says, you turn it into a bad thing, you know. Well, Whatever they do, you turn it into a bad thing. I guess the game is called politics. It's <laughs> like, um, that's the problem about political jokes. They all get elected. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, it's very interesting that we go to Fox News for comedy and Comedy Central for news. Yeah. It is. It's ironic. <laughs> that reminds me of a picture I saw, though, a comic about the gas prices. It shows these two panels, and one is like what the president actually does, and it shows a desk full of all these different papers, file folders. And what they think the president does, and it shows one lever, it says gas prices, and it goes low, high, and they show Obama pulling the lever, pulling it towards high. <laughs> so what got me talking about Fox News is Fox News is up in a panic over who is supplying the office space to Occupy D.C. A heavy-hitting union, the SEIU, is paying for the space for the occupiers. According to Fox News, the union is very close to Obama, and this is supposedly cause for much speculation. Hmm. Apparently, you know, people supporting each other. I don't know. It should be all secret. <laughs> we should never know who's helping who. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Some other Occupy news. Occupy Chicago will be performing a press conference uh, later this morning to roll out their plans for the G8 summit. While some events were pulled by the city, it appears... Uh, they likely will still occur. And now the news. Tea Party organizers think tanks coordinate a plan to attack wind power nationwide. <laughs> that there is, in fact, an ongoing coordinated nationwide effort to attack clean energy shouldn't really surprise anyone anymore. Well, I'm still surprised. I don't <laughs> know about you, but 
Um, the corporate funded anti-regulation activist network. Wait a second. The corporate funded activist network. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty interesting. That has dominated conservative politics for the last couple of years has been reliably hostile to renewable energy. But still, there's something discouraging about seeing the hard proof and the far reach of their tactics is alarming as well. Yeah, they've got, uh, let's see. Here it is. Yeah, anti-wind activists want to create fake grassroots campaign against the industry. I mean, I actually seen like handwritten signs, you know, to, to pass out. And they look handwritten. They look like homemade, like with markers and paint. <laughs> yeah. Signs that, you know, I don't want a wind farm in my backyard. <laughs> and they're actually, you know, mass produced. Yeah, they're mass produced and they're funded by the, this, this corporate campaign. <laughs> well, they, they probably saw how effective some grassroots campaigns are and decided to buy one. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, last, last February, a group of anti-wind activists uh, gathered I like the phrasing of that too, anti-wind activists. <laughs> they're against the wind. <laughs> but they're for, what is it, hot air? Yeah, they're for hot air. <laughs> well, they gathered in Washington, D.C., the, the world central hot fun, air. We make fun of everybody, don't we? <laughs> we do, a little bit. Just a little bit. They gathered in Washington, D.C. for some hot air. Uh, their goal, to establish a coordinated nationwide program of wind warriors. Yeah. Who could be dispatched to fight the industry anywhere, oh, wind anytime. wind warriors against wind. I thought we were going wind <laughs> warriors for... No, that would make too much sense. Oh, okay. Uh, this organization would combine efforts and create what should appear as a groundswell among grassroots to counter legislation supporting wind energy on the federal, state, and local levels. The leader of the group was John Draws, Jr., a long-time wind opponent and a senior fellow at the ultra-conservative American Tradition Institute. I have to add them to my list of think tanks to research. American Tradition Institute. Isn't the American tradition though um, freedom and, and and from you know foreign sources? I mean, didn't we like set up our whole country because we didn't want people telling us what to do? <laughs> I thought that's the whole point of renewable energy. Now it's energy independence and homeland security. Yeah. Well, here's, here's an interesting thing in this article that, uh, like, the pe people, I've heard people criticize renewables saying, oh, you're just trying to push the climate change agenda. You're not actually caring about renewables. Well, they're doing the opposite here with this wind, uh, thing. The, the ATI is known for spreading doubt about climate change. That that's their, their original, you know, shtick that they were doing is, like, they're trying to make people disbelieve in climate change. And then they also decided to, while we're at it, let's oppose all wind energy, you know. Well, there, I mean, I can see uh, um, opposing climate change. I, I, you know, go for that. There's enough, um, you know, there, it's such a broad issue that there, it's but wind. It's, there's literally, it's <laughs> there's literally, no reason not to do. Well, I mean, large scale wind, a lot of local people don't like it. Yeah. You know, well, cause they, yeah, they, yeah. they think the aesthetics, they don't like the aesthetics and they think it's gonna like, uh, do things. Most of it is myths, you know. Well, I mean, it's just so large scale. It's like big money, you know, they're like, big money interested coming into my town and, but I mean, that's, hasn't been really any different than any other large scale anything. I yeah. Mean, you know, the local people can't fund it and so you get, uh, someone who wants to fund it in a large scale. Yeah. So. Basically, if you want large amounts of energy, you need something large. <laughs> yeah, well, 
<laughs> Americans, if you don't want renewable energy, just use less energy. It's that <laughs> <Yeah>. simple. <laughs> you know, if you, if you don't want a wind farm or a coal-powered plant or a nuclear plant in your backyard, it's really simple. Use less energy mm-hmm. and then you won't need such large-scale sources of power. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it does aggravate me, though, that they're trying to make it look like a grassroots effort when it's not. <laughs> I remember um, reading, um, I forget the name of the book, but it was like Guerrilla Marketing book, and it was like subliminal advertising. And one of them was, um, they were talking about doing a, an actual protest march, and everybody was holding signs. But they were all the different um, controls on a PlayStation. Uh, this yeah. was literally an advertising campaign for the latest PlayStation. <laughs> but it was just like, 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 I don't know, the, the you know, like the X. Yeah, the and X the, and the O and the square. Right. <laughs> and so it was just like all these people going whoa, and and it was just go, and they weren't saying anything. They were yeah. just like yay, you know, and they were walking down the street, and it was, <laughs> you know. It was drew attention and but they were all happy. Yeah. And so people noticed, but it was literally a marketing thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like what do we want? More video games. What do we <laughs> want it now? <laughs> but, and they were talking about um the thing that really remembered for me was all the subliminal advertising in movies. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there was one scene where um Black and Decker actually sued the manufacturer because in the fight scene they actually had like a forty foot black and decker logo. The whole floor <laughs> was the logo. So you couldn't really see it. It was such a broad scale yeah. that it was just there and nobody noticed. Hmm. But they sued because in the movie, the hero gets punched and, like, you know, the hero gets hurt in that yeah. scene. <laughs> so they said that was bad imaging for them. Yeah. And so, Associate Black and Decker with the hero getting beat up. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so that, even though, you know, in the contract, when they were doing the movie, obviously they said that would be okay, but then it it ended up being a little too violent, yeah. I guess, and so they're like, you know, ruin our image. But mm-hmm. I mean, perfect example for me is when I read a John Grisham book and then see the movie, and the main character is driving a different car. Yeah, <laughs> because in the book he got money from one car manufacturer. In the movie, they get money from a different car manufacturer. <laughs> yeah, you know? and so the lawyer drives a BMW in one, and you know, a Lexus in another. But they, they, I just advertise. Oh man! Make sure they send me the check. Was, yeah, they gotta was, send you a check now. Yeah, that was subliminal. But yeah, <laughs> all right. Well, well, speaking of uh, large disturbances of communities, uh, got we another story here. That was very good. Well, go for it. <laughs> Segway. Yeah, we got uh, Pacific Garbage Patch has gotten 100 times worse in the past 40 years. Since the 1970s, the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, an area of the ocean clotted with plastic microparticles has grown 100-fold. And this is very bad news, not only because of the creatures it harms, but because of the ones it helps. According to a new study from the Scripps Institution of Oceanography, every cubic meter of ocean in the area, a Texas-sized chunk of ocean located 1,000 miles north of Hawaii, has about 100 times more plastic than it did 40 years ago. While many of the samples 40 years ago found little or no plastic, vast stretches of the North Pacific are now polluted with billions of tiny pieces of confetti-like trash. And and the scary thing is 80% of it originated on land. Yeah. Now, I mean, that means 20% on the ocean because actual ocean liners just dump their yeah. stuff right into they the ocean. Yeah, they just throw it into the ocean, yeah. But still, I mean, that means it floated out to the ocean. 80% of it originated on land. Yeah, and it's, uh, it hurts 
It hurts a lot of animals. It's it's also a boon to the water strider, which is a marine insect that needs to lay its eggs on something solid. And these these creatures have in the past made do with floating wood and other bits of flotsam, but their increasingly dense patch of plastic gives them a new place to breed. So that means more of them, which could mean competition with the zooplankton and fish larvae. So it's like the plastic directly kills some animals, and then it feeds this parasite that's going to kill more of them. Well, if it's floating, all we really need to do is figure out ways to... Well, eventually, you know, animals will land there, they'll defecate, and it'll create a new island, right? Yeah, it'll eventually turn into a landmass, probably. <laughs> Just like... uh, well, then we could put a giant... I claim it. Right now, <laughs> I have claimed it. Or Island. Wait, there's already an Or Island. Did you guys know there's an Or Island in the South of China Sea? I didn't. Yeah, it's it had. Anyway, I googled myself once. <laughs> but um, I claim it. Or's trash heap. All right. <laughs> Anybody else want to fight me for the claim? You can sell advertising space on that. You can see it from the outer what do you space. Call it? There's already enough advertising. Every piece <laughs> of plastic there has advertising on it. Yeah. <laughs> so we. I just. That's what I need to do. Is literally. Sue every one of those companies for not paying me for advertising on my island. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tree song, let's put together. All right. Somber news. The last 12 months were the hottest on record for the United States. The latest state of the climate data from the National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration is in with some dramatic results. The 12 month period of May 2011 through April 2012 has been the hottest period for the United States since records began in the late 1800s. The last summer was the second hottest, last winter being the fourth warmest, and last March being the hottest on record all added up to mean that the average temperature for the lower 48 states was 55.7 degrees. That is 2.8 degrees Fahrenheit above the 20th century average. On a state-by-state -state basis, for 22 states, the past 12 months saw record-breaking warmth, with a further 19 being seeing top 10 warmest temperatures. So, so far this year, January to April period is running 5.4 degrees Fahrenheit above average. So... If you would like to read the complete report, please email info at yourcommunityspirit.org. Yep, it is definitely getting hotter in here. And uh, on, a, on a related note, we can mention this story before we get into the happenings. Uh, U.S. coal lobbies... <laughs> yeah, U.S. coal lobbies are frantically trying to save themselves. Uh, let's see. I wonder why. They, they can't be related in any way. Yeah, it couldn't be related at all. <laughs> uh, but yeah, way back in, uh, in 2011, the State of the Union speech, President Obama introduced a new idea, clean energy standard, to boost America's use of low-carbon electricity. Uh, as a piece of legislation, it went nowhere. Uh, it got stuck up in con Congress. <laughs> it went nowhere because, well, um, Congress. <laughs> Just like yeah, there's something interesting about it, though. It included everything except coal. Uh, why? Because any metric of clean rules out coal. Uh, you can loosen the definition to include natural gas, uh, half as much CO2 as coal, uh, and some people include nuclear in their definition of clean. 
Uh, but there's no comparative standard of cleanliness that will accommodate coal at this point. <laughs> so if I advertise clean coal, it's not actually true? Can I sue the coal company for actually advertising that? Uh, if it's not going on already, people should be uh, suing them for that. Uh, they, uh, my, I have an old saying from back when this started being a controversy, the only clean coal is unmined coal. And I know in southern Illinois, that's a thing that's probably going to get me, like, you know, uh, attacked in some way, <laughs> physically abducted. Please don't give people uh, ideas. <laughs> oh, I'm sure the idea is already out there. I, I discourage people acting on it. Though. Let's see. How do you... Let's see. The old style was tarred and feathered. The new one could be cold. I don't know. Yeah, that would be, that would be in coal. Coals, I've seen someone rub themselves in coal, actually, as a performance art piece. Uh, it doesn't look very cleanly. <laughs> so. Yeah. All but, right. Yeah. I want to read this one just for Tree Song. The beautiful new Brahmo Impulse electric motorcycle finally unveiled. Hmm. You must go to this website and see the beautiful, beautiful. It looks like a well, a motorcycle. <laughs> it looks beautiful. So, all right, we got a one more news article, and let's get into happenings. Did you know that thousands upon thousands of new farmers markets are popping up? Even more exciting that. Thousands more farmers markets will soon take food stamps. Hmm. When it comes to giving more people access to healthy, fresh food, the USDA has turned a great deal of its focus in recent years towards farmers markets. More specifically, opening farmers markets up to electronic benefit transfer or, quote, food stamp users. In fact, agency reports spending at farmers market has already jumped 400% since 2008, and that's with less than a quarter of the country's 7,000 markets participating in the program. So it's a, a huge transformation as people, you know, feel like they're being invited to the party of freshness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, one of my biggest issues is the fact that people can buy gasoline in any corner but can't buy fresh vegetables. Yeah. <laughs> Well, now it's going to increase the availability of that for them. So let's see. Should we get into some holidays? I don't know. Did you know what today's holiday is? <laughs> today is Eat What You Want Day. <laughs> that's that's every day for me. <laughs> yeah, it's like. Well, I, I I'm kind of creepy. I kind of like like nibbling on women. <laughs> no, I just like I like. Yeah, that was bad for me to say that, but it's true. <laughs> I like eating, and I can't say it on the air. So, okay, <laughs> if it, yeah, so yeah. But uh, today is also donate a day's wages to charity day. So, charity, if you would like me to eat you, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Right. So, donating day's wages to charity day. But it's also National Night Shift Workers Day. Huh. Now, I'm just, I could just keep going with these creepy jokes. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm done with it. So if someone works for a charity on the night shift, then this is especially their day. <laughs> but it's also National Receptionist Day, mm -hmm. also National School Nurse Day, National Third Shift Workers Day. Yes. Today is the awesome day of eating what you want. <laughs> yes. It's also the birthday of Irving Berlin and Salvador Dali. Yeah. Good day for the arts. Uh, Saturday is Limerick Day, and we won't go through any limericks right now. <laughs> oh, I think I did enough. Thank it's you. also the birthday of Catherine Hepburn. Sunday is Blame Someone Else Day. 
and the birthday of Stevie Wonder. <laughs> and it's also Sunday the 13th. It's a scary day. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Monday is uh, International Migratory Bird Day. And uh, also National Train Day. Uh, stay up all nights nights. I <laughs> thought they were going to say stay up all night day. That would be kind of funny. Uh, it's also the anniversary of the Lewis and Clark Expedition. And National Windmill Day. Very important day for wind power. Well, national in the Netherlands. Yeah, in the Netherlands. We don't yeah. have one of those days in the U.S. No. Well, That's in the U.S., fun. let's turn every day into wind power day. All right. Um, Tuesday is U.N. International Day of Families. Wednesday is the anniversary of the Academy Awards and the birthday for Liberace. Yes, and Thursday is the Flower Moon. It's also the U.N. World Telecommunication and Information Society Day. And it's the anniversary of the first U.S. same-sex marriage. All right, let's get into happenings. Happenings. Friday, today, May 11th at 6 p.m., the open mic night at Guy House Interface Center. Cats, cats, and yes, cats. Meow. This week's theme for the open mic at the Guy House Cafe is cats. Come tell us a cat poem or share a cat song. Why? Well, this week's rice and spice cooks are the Bengal Tigers, the number one championship team of the local SIU Iron Chef contest. <laughs> yes, that's exciting. And that's a, a spoiler for our next happening, the rice and spice. The uh, the Bengal Tigers are coming, and that is happening. They, they were the award winners. Yeah, well, were you actually there to eat the food? Uh, I, I actually competed. You were in that. You were competed. Yeah. Uh, Guy House had a team. So yeah, Guy House had a team. Loser. So, uh, but but we're we're gracious. Uh, uh, we're very grateful to have the winners of the competition yeah. coming to Guy House. Put your hand across the aisle and say, "You were the yeah. winners." So you, <laughs> you were the winners. You get to come and make dinner here. <laughs> <laughs> and they were they graciously accepted. And so uh, the SIU Iron Chef winners are coming to uh, cook some Bengal cuisine for everyone. So that's uh, over at Guy House Integrate Center, 913 South Illinois. And then you can stick around afterwards and dance the night away for Friday Night Salsa starting at 10. The Friday Night Fair, this is the second one of a 26-week series from 6 to 9 p.m. Kick off the Friday season with food, music, and local vendors. So that is at the Town Square Pavilion. Yes, and we also have the uh, Habitat for Humanity. Uh, they will be working this Saturday at 2035 410th Street in Murfreesboro, starting at 8 a.m. and working until noon. Farmer's Market, Saturdays, 8 until noon. There's a lot of vegetables now, surprisingly a lot, but um, it's in the west side of town. I don't even have to tell you where it is. Just look for a lot of people and a lot of vegetables. <laughs> yes, and also on Saturday, the Vigil for Peace, uh, noon to 1 p.m. at the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale. And we're still part of the 11 Days for Compassion, which is a series of events that are taking place May 1st through the 11th. And there's a few events that are happening today. Please go to nonviolentcarbondale.org to see the 11 Days schedule. And it is stuff that is happening all over town. Yes, and we've got the uh, sustainable film, another sustainable film coming up. A special movie night at the Diami Homeschool, 215 North Illinois. This movie is an hour-long documentary film called Split Estate. Uh, this compelling Emmy Award-willing documentary shows the dirty side of hydraulic fracturing and natural gas, an energy source the industry touts as clean 
alternate to fossil fuels. Some people have their doubts about that claim. <laughs> you can find out more by watching the film at 6 p.m. on Saturday, May 12th at the home school. And if you would like to receive our newsletter, we do have some newsletter extras that we just send out, um, like the complete report on the, the 12 hottest months and how to s create a solar-powered lawnmower. That sounds exciting. You didn't say that very exciting. <laughs> that sounds exciting. All right. <laughs> we will see you again on the radio next week. Please go to yourcommunityspirit.org and listen to us again. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>